I think I want to go ahead and at least get started. And I'll start off with my introduction because if people miss that, it's not a big deal. I'm not important. Um, my name is Dennis Schultz. I am the chapter president for the Blacks and Technology on New York City metro region. Uh, I am also a entrepreneur and uh, have been unceremoniously unemployed multiple times throughout my career. So I'm very interested in hearing about um, what these recruiters actually say and do once the doors close and uh, we don't hear from them anymore. Um, but um, uh, before I get started, I do wanna just um, uh, mention a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, one, you'll notice that you don't have the ability to talk if you're an attendee. Uh, we want to keep it nice and quiet for the uh, moderator and the panelists. At the end of the presentation, if there's time, we will open up the mics and you will be able to ask a question directly if you like. Uh, in the meantime, please utilize the chat feature. Um, we like interaction, so um, feel free to chat away as we go through the questions and answers uh, that are pre um, uh, I guess pre-provided by the uh, attendees who submitted them. And also uh, keep in mind that there are, um, uh, this is recorded. So um, there is gonna be playback of this online somewhere in the future. So if you don't want to be um, memorialized, just keep that in mind as well. Um, with that, I'll introduce Aaron Haywood. Uh, Power by Purpose uh, is her company, and Erin is awesome. Uh, she is a hustler and a grinder, and um, after being unemployed for all of a couple of days, landed a job at Google. So uh, if there's <laughs> nothing else I respect more is somebody who can just um, put a plan together and go get it. So uh, with that, Erin, I'll hand it to you. Thank you, Dennis. And I got an interview with Google. We'll, okay, interview, we'll, we job, whatever. I'll it's report closer. back. I'll <laughs> report back if that happens. Uh, thank you all. I'm super excited because just like Dennis said, we all want to get in front of recruiters and we want to hear what does it take to get into some of the top companies. And so what we really are hoping from this panel is to ask some of the tough questions or in regards to what do I do now that there's another layer um, with a pandemic that's shifting companies priorities, how hiring is occurring. And so uh, that's really what we're aiming to do with today's panel. Like Dennis mentioned, I started a career coaching business but my past has also been in the diversity recruiting space and career coaching space. So this is something that I'm really passionate about and I'm excited to introduce our amazing panelists. And so uh, we're gonna have them introduce themselves just really quickly. We have Erica, who's the CEO and founder of Sincerely Glam Matrix, which I love. And she's also the senior recruiter at Citigroup. Then we have Doug, who's a finance recruiter at PayPal. Then we have Sarah, who's the learning and development specialist at better.com. And then we have Matt, who's part of Girl Scouts of the USA. So one of the first things that I want is our amazing panelists just to tell us a little bit about themselves, specifically their role at their companies. So why don't we start with Matt and then we'll kind of flip there. Sure, so, <clears throat> you know, Matt here, 
Um, I'm a talent sourcing manager at Girl Scouts of the USA. And I work directly with our hiring managers. I partner with them to find out, you know, who would be like the best candidates that they're looking for to, you know, to fill positions, you know, both on the, you know, regular or, or perm side and also, um, you know, for our temps. So that's a major aspect of, uh, of my time. Also, <clears throat> you know, work with procurement a little bit by like vetting different like recruitment agency partners um, and HR vendors as well. So that's just a little bit about, you know, what I do, but, you know, I'm talking to candidates every day, working with uh, hiring managers every day. So, you know, I'm, you know, pretty, you know, close to the front lines of, uh, of that. Thank you. Erica, you want to go next? Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. I am the Assistant Vice President Senior Recruiter for All Campus for Commercial and Consumer Banking Analyst Programs. Um, so I work closely with campus um, students to fulfill roles um, that'll help you uncover your talents that can be um, used at City. Um, you go through our program and you can hopefully join us full time. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sarah, you want to go next? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Jones. Um, I'm a learning and development specialist with Better.com. So I work really closely um, with our people ops team and help build out trainings. Um, and we onboard our new hires and also uh, develop some continuing ed. Uh, work very closely with leadership in the Irvine office um, as well to make sure that we are um, preparing all of our colleagues for success and figuring out what they need in order to be successful. Perfect. Perfect. And then Doug. Yes, I'm last. So uh, I'm Doug Rubenstein. I am a finance recruiter at PayPal. So I work directly with the hiring managers, advise them as far as uh, who I think are the best candidates, um, who I think might need some work. Uh, we do full life cycle. So that's everything from opening up the recs to having an intake call with them to make sure that I'm looking for the exact candidate that I need. Um, I can then advise them on who I think might be the best. Um, then once they make a decision on who they want to hire, um, essentially I am in charge of doing that salary negotiation with whoever we are hiring uh, in that role, which I think is probably um, the biggest value that we bring to the table as recruiters. Um, and then we hire, which is the best part. So. Awesome. Okay, so what we're going to do is for the next question, we're going to go reverse order. So Doug, you'll start us off and then we'll go reverse and then Matt, you'll be last. So we're just going to start with the hard hitting question with COVID-19 and then what how um, recruiting is going to change currently and then post COVID-19. Can you talk a little bit about how your company or your department is approaching recruitment? What should folks be aware of? Um, to help them make sure that they're getting in front of recruiters and hiring managers. So Doug, you want to talk first on that? Sure. Um, so we are, and, and I apologize for, for the background, my son is in background, <laughs> the bathroom. But um, at PayPal, we're actually full, full, full steam ahead. Um, we are a company that unfortunately, unfortunately is kind of made for um, this pandemic because we want to democratize money. We want to get it in, in the hands of people that wouldn't necessarily be able to get it otherwise. Um, and we want to make payments quick, fast, and touchless. 
So we're, we're set up for that. And as a result, we, we are full steam ahead. And I, I have had no change in my own personal um, portfolio. Uh, that being said, I think that the best advice that I can have um, given this question is to understand the companies that you're entering um, right now. If you, I think if you see, if you look through different tech companies that are, that do have the goals of not touching uh, anybody or anything, right, that are completely virtual, those are kind of the companies that, that would be booming right now because a lot of their business is not impacted. Um, so me personally, again, my, my portfolio is full steam ahead um, because I am, you know, we, we are the tech of the tech. Thanks, Sarah, you're up next. Yeah, I was actually going to echo the same thoughts as Doug. Um, so I do also work for a fintech company um, and we do online mortgage lending. So our business itself um, hasn't been negatively impacted as well. We've actually hired over um, 300 people since COVID-19 actually started and we started having work from home and whatnot. Um, and our company did uh, just do a really big push as well to hire um, a thousand new hospitality workers who were displaced from COVID. Um, so so I know that's a big initiative that we're working on right now. Um, and the best advice I would say is the only really big change is uh, our in-person interviews aren't happening anymore. So just making sure that you are up to date with all the technology, the different types of video conferencing software that various companies can use and how to present yourself as well virtually and make sure that it resonates um, just as much as it would in person would be my biggest, I would say, kind of change since this all started. Okay, so far it's good news, y'all. So there's hope in the horizon. Erica, are you are you going to continue this positive narrative? Yeah, for sure. So I'm not within the fintech space. I'm within um, financial banking, but we're still taking the same approach. Um, we actually implemented something where we're cutting the analyst program um, from ten weeks to five weeks, but we're guaranteeing them a full time offer had they complete the program. Um, so usually this doesn't happen and because of this and it's not anyone's fault, we're making sure that they'll get full-time offers regardless of the pandemic. So I think we're trending in a very good, um, on a very good, like you said, positive streak where people are going to have jobs and our interns are going to, you know, they won't do half as much as they would normally do, but they would be able to have a full-time offer um, graduating and meeting requirements. So there's a lot of hope and I'm happy to be a part of that too because like you said, people are losing jobs and it's like, what happens to the analysts who were prepared to, you know, have a full internship experience and they're not, they don't, they didn't think they would have that. Although it'll be virtual, they'll have a full-time offer. So that's good. Yeah. And then Matthew, you want to close that, close us out on that question? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I would say, you know, Girl Scouts of the USA, we definitely are going full steam ahead. Um, you know, we have to keep up with the times and, um, you know, we've digitized a ton of our programming for, you know, millions of our members. Um, and now, which you've probably heard, you know, seen it all over your social media, you know, you can buy Girl Scout cookies online, which is a first, right? You know, that's definitely, um, you know, a really big plus and, you know, I think that brings a lot of you know smiles to a lot of people's faces you know which is really great um you know i would say you know in this time we are you know looking for people who have a combination of skills so you know essentially like you know we're looking for people who can be flexible 
who would be open to working on projects maybe within other departments. So for instance, um, you know, I'm, I'm a recruiter, I work at Girl Scouts, but you know what, sometimes uh, I'm getting like pulled into, you know, working on some projects for, um, for our marketing team or for our fund development team. Um, so, we're, you know, we're definitely looking for folks who have kind of like, you know, you know, I, I keep thinking of, I went to Allegheny College and, you know, their, one of their big mottos was, you know, unusual combinations. So that's kind of like what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for people who have, you know, multiple skill sets, not someone who's just necessarily an expert in one thing, but, you know, who can, who can be flexible with their work as we're moving, you know, to maybe more of like a, you know, project-based type of organization internally, but definitely full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. Nice. So just to kind of review, um, really sounding like full steam ahead, looking for organizations that haven't really been impacted because their products and services are meeting the needs of things being online or virtual. Um, and then that there's companies that are committed to make sure, to making sure that and you know, future employees have the same opportunities, which is great to hear. Just a little thing to add on is what I've been hearing from recruiters is relying heavily on um, online tools or sourcing tools to be able to get in front of talent. And so that's um, really important that folks are making sure that their online presence is spot on. So from LinkedIn, your social media, your websites, your project pages, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, then also um, making sure to participate in virtual online events as you know companies might be swaying away from conferences and on campus events because we're unsure of how COVID's gonna um, you know impact us in coming months. So that's something I just want to add to make sure that everyone is aware of is making sure that your online presence is spot on and that you're on any online sourcing platform to get yourself in front of companies. Okay, so for the next question, I'm gonna direct this towards Matthew and Erica. And this is really about, you know, with unemployment being on, you know, at a all time high um, since a long time, a lot of internal referrals are occurring and companies application volume is at a high. So how, how can applicants really highlight their candidacy to recruiters to make their application stand out? So Erica, we'll start with you first on that question. So um, I think as you mentioned before, that just making sure all of your digital platforms are up to date, um, really eye-catching, utilizing um, LinkedIn the most to make sure that, you know, um, it's technically going to be your resume now that we can't get in front of you. Um, and just making sure that's up to date, making sure that you have everything on there that is relevant to the job that you're going after. Um, so we can see your skills and experiences. Do you want to add on, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> you know, just kind of like adding to, you know, echoing a little bit what Erica's saying, you know, as a recruiter, like, basically, like, if you're not on LinkedIn, you really like you don't exist um, for recruiters, especially for me. I mean, if you send me a, a link, if you send me a resume, I don't see a LinkedIn profile. You know that that's kind of like a red flag because everybody's on LinkedIn. Um, so you know, I just kind of want to say that a lot of you know resumes definitely are coming in. You know, in my opinion, 
the best resumes are the ones that, you know, everybody has an opinion, right? So for me, I really like to look at clean and simple resumes without the glitz and the glam. Um, unless, of course, you're applying to be like a creative director or a graphic designer, then like your resume should be like super eye-catching and really interesting. Um, but, you know, if you're a data analyst, you know, or a financial analyst or a developer, you know, I just want to see, you know, what you've done, your greatest achievements, you know, how you've been able to add value to your team um, and, and things like that. Um, you know, also, you know, another thing is, you know, don't be afraid to kind of like level with your recruiter. Tell the recruiter, you know, I want this job, you know. I always think for, in my experience that that helps because I just, I love working with candidates that are really eager for the role. Um, and you know what, if you're selected for an interview, don't be afraid to tell the interviewer, tell the hiring manager that you want the position at the end of the interview. That's just my opinion. And if I could add on, great points, Matt. Um, I would also say a clean, um, you may not have a professional picture now, but make sure that you're having the best professional picture that you do have in your archives. And secondly, um, very important to keep in mind, like he said, everyone understands and will empathize with this pandemic going on. So being open and transparent is very, very um, important, especially as you contact and connect with the recruiter. Um, we understand as well to the plight of trying to find a job in a time like this. And so while your resume not um, your resume may not reflect the skill sets that you think would be for that particular job, you may have some transferable skills that would be um, appropriate to apply to that job. And that way you can sell yourself on that as well. So be very mindful and try to be as flexible and as adaptable as possible. Definitely. And just adding on to that, you know, you really like, you gotta be able to tell your story. Um, you know, that, that's what folks are, are really looking for. You gotta be able to tell your story. So if you're, if you're afraid, your resume is a little jumpy, or, or, or something like that. You know, you gotta be able to tell your story. You gotta, you know, be honest and explain the situation. Um, I, I, I think that really helps as well. And one more to add to that, especially about telling your story, because that's another great point, Matt. Um, for me, for example, you can take me. I ended up at Citigroup and I've had a plethora of jobs before finding out that this is exactly where I wanted to be. Um, I landed in recruiting just by chance. At first, I graduated with a degree from Baruch and then I ended up doing retail management and then got a little taste of recruiting and that's where I fell in love with it. And then I started within the startup space and worked my way up. So when I was interviewing for this position particularly, they actually wanted me to tell my story. And they were saying the resume looks a little jumpy. And because I was able to tell them my story and why these experiences have helped me to get where I am and will bring a lot of value to their company, I got the job. So telling your story is very, very important as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Some really good points there from making sure that your relevant skills and experiences are on your resume and any online platform. Um, simple and readable resumes. Um, leveling with the recruiter, being transparent, especially in these times, um, and then being able to clearly and concisely tell your story. Um, and so for the next question, I'm going to direct this towards Doug, Sarah, and Matt. So all three of you can kind of jump into this one. We've been getting a lot of questions around folks that want to transfer, you know, transfer their skills maybe in one industry and get into tech. 
Um, and so a lot of the questions are around, what if I don't meet the minimum qualifications or how can I highlight these transferable skills to show that I can do the job at hand? So what strategies would you give to candidates that are looking to switch industries or switch uh, roles? So maybe Doug, let's start with you. Um, the first thing I would say is you want, you have to want to hire yourself. Um, so like if your resume doesn't speak to yourself saying like, yeah, I would give me this job, then it won't to a recruiter and it won't to a hiring manager. So you really got to be ultra critical of your own resume. That's first of all. Second of all, um, and by the way, I'm somebody, a little bit of my background, I, I'm, I'm similar to Erica where I started in finance, um, moved over to risk. I was also a business manager, um, all within the finance realm and decided, yo, I hate all of this. I want to be a recruiter. So somebody gave me a chance. So um, to answer your question, I think there's, there's two ways to go about this, Aaron. Number one, you can find somebody who can help you. And that's what happened to me. Um, I found uh, it was a mentor who ended up being a sponsor that ended up being uh, the person who was able to take the chance on me because he ended up being in the position for me to do so. He took the chance on me and I was able to kind of blossom into the recruiter that I am now. That's number one, but, no, but that, I, I was very lucky in that and I recognize that. I think that the second thing um, for people who are not as lucky um, is look at uh, job descriptions. Search them, find out what you want to do. And once you figure out what the job description, wh where you wanna be, find a bunch of different job descriptions from a bunch of different places and find where the similarities are in those job descriptions. You will find them. Add those to your resume. Don't be dishonest, but what I mean by that is gain that skill, that particular skill. While you're doing your current job, you can, you can learn the next skill that you know is vital towards the place that you want to be, right? Also, don't be afraid to use the same verbiage as the job description and switch up your resume a little bit. Here, here's an insider trick. As everything is being automated, so is recruiting, unfortunately for all of us, right? Um, there are different uh, there are different programs around that will put one resume over the next because of the different words buzzwords that are in certain resumes. So again, do not be dishonest because you know then you'll be then you'll have a red flag forever. But you can look at a job description for the particular company that you want to uh, that you want to apply to and change your resume around a little bit to make sure that that one particular skill set that you just learned move to the front so we so I can understand like, hey, this person can do this. This is in my language. Those are the two things that I would say. Okay, I'll leave it up to Sarah or Matt to kind of jump in here. Sarah, yeah. Yeah, go to you. I was just like aggressively nodding because I, I really, I agree with that. Um, so I actually used to work at Disney. So as you know, it's a very large company and they're probably the number ones that automating recruiting in terms of like every resume goes through a system and, you know, assess and evaluate, for example, those are two words that are very similar, but if the job description has evaluate and you have assess on your resume, there's not going to be that linkage. So uh, those keywords, like, like you said, not changing or lying right you're just using synonyms um, and you want to make sure that you're using ones that align um, so yeah definitely having those buzzwords in your resume is going to be huge and then I would say just find the skills 
that you have that you know that are transferable across industries and really, really highlight those. So for example, if you have um, a really great example of a project that you worked on that emphasized your critical thinking skills, probably going to be relevant in your next role, even though the industry may not be the same. Um, the, the problem solving and the critical thinking is going to be valuable. Um, so just making sure you're highlighting um, the similarities as best as possible. Um, that would be my advice. But yeah, definitely wanted to emphasize the point about the <laughs> buzzwords because it's huge. Uh, I just want to jump in real quick because there's a question in the chat and the Q&A about um, ATSs and I think it's relevant. I just didn't want to have it overlooked. You want to share it, Dennis? Oh, sure. Well, it's kind of long, <laughs> but it's basically regarding keyword mapping. Uh, so I don't know um, if anyone wants to uh, take it, but um, it says, um, any of you speak on how formatting affects ATS ability to read a resume? I had recently moved my resume to a column format before learning ATSs uh, and haven't had a concrete insight as to how that's handled. Um, so uh, anyone want to talk to that? All I can speak is from my experience when applying for jobs, being in a column format, I switched my resume to that and I didn't have a problem. So I don't know if it necessarily has a negative effect, but the official answer, I don't know. <laughs> but what, what I will say, I'll just jump in, is I'm always a fan of making your resume a PDF, just yeah. as you yeah. don't know, like if you use pages and then the person uses Word or you created it in Google, you know, Google Docs and downloaded it. So to keep your format kind of um, intact, save it as a PDF. And just another rule, be very mindful how you name your resume it sounds really simple but yes may 10 resume 11 my final resume like you want to be really intentional what we usually recommend is your last name in the name of the company so that way they know that this is a and it helps you not send the wrong one to the wrong company because sometimes and you're like that they were just sending this to everyone so just really being intentional um about that as well Okay, cool. Um, Matt, did you have anything to add to the other question? Otherwise, we're going to keep moving the train. Yeah, I, I did want to add just one thing. Um, like Doug, I also, you know, got lucky. I, I had a mentor. Somebody took a chance on me when I went into recruitment. Not everybody, not everybody, you know, is lucky like that. I meet a lot of people who are, maybe they work in marketing or, or finance, and they say, oh, you know, I would love to get into you know data right data is the big thing i want to be a data analyst and I'm, you know maybe i'll start applying for you know jobs in, in data analysis you know if you want to move into a different field you gotta kind of like i would say if you're if you want to move into a technical field you gotta like you gotta prove it right so like maybe one way you could do that is sign up for a class um, or sign up to get certified and not only do you learn the skill set, but you also meet a network. Um, you know, a lot of these schools and colleges and universities and programs, you know, they really will sell their program based on, you know, we have an amazing network, can help you get a job. So that's something, you know, you definitely want to think about as well, especially if you're trying to get into a more technical field. 100%. And it doesn't 
really mean more money for schooling. There's online platforms like Coursera, LinkedIn University. Exactly. List goes on and on, boot camp, yep. et cetera. So that's such a vital point around um, just learning things on your own to add to your resume and to your experiences. And now, okay. especially, especially, so many places especially. are offering it free. Sure. Yes. Take advantage. Or discounted right. for a period right. of time. Exactly. Yeah. So the next question I have, a lot of times people are like, you know, I need a recruiter at an event, but how do I keep the contact warm? Or I send a message to LinkedIn, but I never hear back. And then I send a follow-up and I never hear back. I'm going to send that third follow-up. So the question I have, and I'm going to direct this towards Erica and Sarah, is telling the audience about a time where someone really left an impression on you based on either the story that they told or a really well-crafted LinkedIn message or email that made you go, I like this person. I need to dig a little bit more about this person's background. So Erica, maybe we'll start with you and then we'll go to Sarah on that question. Yeah, I think what leaves the best impression on me is um, just that person being personable and, and truthful and honestly, like relatable. Um, I look for people not only to just have the great skill sets, but also to be a part of the culture that I'm seeking that role for. So when I meet a person, um, depends on how well they they can you know speak with me or how well the human to human interaction can be um i also look for people that are like you know optimistic and happy and not afraid to ask questions um no question is a dumb question and as a recruiter i understand completely going from from like a stu being a student to getting into the real world and having to work and not know anything and not being afraid to just ask me the, those questions you know there's no question that is dumb um, I think being prepared is different from having a question that may um, be, I think being prepared and having a question that you may just not know the answer to or can't find the answer to is, is different. So, yeah. Perfect. Sarah, you want to add on to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was going to say as well, um, being prepared is, is going to be huge. So I, when people reach out to me, you know, I'm not a recruiter. So a lot of it is for like career advice and things like that. Um, and if I can't understand why you reached out to me, I can't draw those connections of like how I might be helpful to you or whatnot, then that's kind of something that um, can be a little bit confusing for sure. Um, and so definitely making sure that you've done the research, that you're prepared, you you know, know what this person generally does, you can ask relevant questions, um, is going to be huge. And then, um, like Erica said, being personable, you're way more likely to get multiple responses and an engaging conversation from someone if you can continue a conversation, um, as opposed to just like reading off of a, a script. Um, and so I would say, yeah, just being comfortable with those interpersonal um, skills, and then also just making sure that you're reaching out to the relevant person. I think another thing to add to that is that I love it when a student or anyone that I'm recruiting knows exactly what they want, right? So if I have a role for consumer banking and they're like, well, here's my skill set and this is what I can do and this is why I love, you know, your company. This is why I love, um, you know, this is why I would love to be a part of your team. This is why I would love to be a part of Citigroup because I want to be an analyst in this business to help grow. You know, I want... I love it when people know exactly what they want and are already demonstrating to me that they can add value to the team that I place them on. Can I, can I, can I jump in really quickly? Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, 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 I totally agree with that for me. Um, 
I actually don't necessarily need somebody to know exactly what they want to do. Um, just, I, I feel like I would be a hypocrite if that was the case, um, because I've, I've had so many different jobs. But what, I, but what I'm finding is that I do need is that I need somebody to understand the company and understand the space you're getting into. Um, for example, like PayPal is a payment space. People know very little about payments. Like just, they just don't. Um, we take it for granted. We do payments all the time. I guarantee everybody listening has used PayPal um, at least four times this month and it's only the fifth day of the month and you don't even know it. Like, but so it, that, my point is that certain companies, when you're, when you're speaking with them, we understand our company. If you don't understand our company at all, it's going to be really hard to justify. It's going to be really hard to justify number one, taking a chance on somebody. Um, but number two saying like, this is the person that we need. So. And just to clarify, I don't necessarily mean like know exactly what you want to do. Just come prepared with like, you know, the role, you know, the job description, you know what you're applying for and you know why you're speaking to me um, as far as, you know, wanting to be a part of the company in which aspect and where do you see yourself fitting in? Yeah, these are all really good points. So just to kind of um, summarize, be prepared, know who you're talking to, know the company, know the potential roles that you feel like you might be a fit for. Um, and then also draw those connections, right? If you kind of just hit up somebody and say, hey, I see you work at PayPal. Hey, Doug. And Doug's like, cool, nice to meet you, right? He won't know what's the purpose of that message. So being very clear and concise around why you're reaching out to recruiters I think another thing to, to uh, the follow-up question folks might have on the line is, well, how do I learn about a company? How do I learn about the products, right? So of course, starting with the website, looking at, at the about us, the mission, the values, the products, but then also looking at how the company shows up in the news, right? So looking at um, blog sites and news um, newspapers and journals that might feature the company. But I think the way that I, I enjoy the most is actually talking to employees, either of the company or a similar company or like a competitor and just getting insider information that way. Um, because sometimes the, the JD or the job description is not true, true reflection of what that person will be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And things are constantly changing and priorities are changing. Um, and so the way to get that insider information is to, you know, contact folks uh, that work there. And we'll get into networking um, probably a little bit later. Um, this is a perfect way to transition into how have priorities or skill sets that you're looking for changed. A lot of recruiters that I'm talking about are saying that we're getting prepared for remote work. How do we coach our teams and coach our employees to be as productive as possible with remote work? We're looking for folks that can work with technical teams and non-technical teams because we're bringing on more engineers and product, uh, product teams. So we need folks who can be able to lead those teams and bring them on board. So um, yeah, let's start with Matt on that question. What are the skills and qualifications that you feel like have maybe adjusted or changed due to COVID-19? You know, kind of like I mentioned before, um, you know, for us at least, you know, we're really looking for, you know, for folks who have a skill set, you know, with like adaptability and flexibility. I mean, we're all on LinkedIn, right? We see that a lot of people are writing posts about job loss. You know, I got today was my last day at XYZ company. Um, a lot of teams are going to start, you know, experiencing 
a shrinking in headcount. So a lot of you know remaining employees are going to be asked to step in and help out on projects outside of their departments. So I'd say you know be prepared for that. Um, you know, willing, you know, show a willingness to learn new skills. Um, kind of like I mentioned before, right? Like maybe by taking a class or, you know, if you, I work in recruitment, so maybe I should think about taking a class in greater HR management. Um, you know, project management is going to be huge. Cybersecurity. So, you know, that's kind of like where, what we're really focused on at Girl Scouts of the USA is, is you know, looking at people who are, you know, who can be flexible, who can be adaptable, who are willing to, you know, you know, do work outside of, outside of what's on their job description, because maybe they're going to get pulled in uh, to a project in a completely different department. Um, so. Awesome. Anybody else want to add to that question before we move on? Um, Sarah, I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to add two small points. Um, the first one being, um, I've been reading a lot of articles about people who can withstand really stressful situations the most. Um, and, you know, this is definitely a stressful situation. It's going to be people who have that resiliency, so who can get knocked down multiple times and still persist and still be optimistic, kind of like Erica was saying earlier. Um, so having that, like, you know, get back up and do it mentality and just really not being afraid to fail. Um, I think it's going to be uh, something that's going to keep top players at the top. Um, and then also kind of like Matt was saying, headcounts are shrinking across different organizations. So the competition is even more fierce. So you can't rest on your laurels. You know, those of us who are fortunate to have full-time jobs still, we can't just, you know, settle for being productive. We have to be above and beyond because there's hundreds of people that are probably lining up waiting um, to put in that extra effort. So I would just say, you know, be willing and wanting to go above and beyond during these times because um, it's it's going to be super valuable. Um, I, I, I'll also, I, I think, I think that's, that's a fantastic point. Um, I'll also add that in this time, um, going back a little bit to what I said about understanding companies, uh, understanding how a company is reacting to COVID is very important. Um, I will, when, I, when I'm pre-screening candidates, the ones that understand how PayPal is pivoting um, and understand what PayPal is doing and could be doing, those are the ones I'm a little bit more impressed with. So I will say that. But number two um, is also patience is really important, especially going through this. Um, Everything is a lot slower, even though we're, we're, we're full steam ahead. Um, just the nature of not being in the same office anymore is a lot slower. Uh, the nature of, of background checks. Background checks have been incredibly slow because courthouses are closed. And I can't tell whether somebody's a felon or not, right? Like things like that are, <laughs> like, for real, like things like that are, 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 are what is changing in our job, things that we don't necessarily think about. So I think um, understanding how the company is is pivoting and also being patient, um, being patient with the with the recruiters, like like not being too pushy because we have a, like a lot on our plates too. Yeah, um, patience is key, and you know any sense of attitude that comes out through the process or um, nagging, just to be a hundred, like that's probably not going to give a good impression to folks that you're interacting with. So. 
just um, gratitude and patience and flexibility throughout the process um, is super valid. Um, I know that we're at 7-Eleven and I wanna make sure that we have enough time for the audience to ask questions. I just wanna end with, you know, a lot of companies are saying that diversity and inclusion is still a priority for their organizations, but comes certain challenges, right? So companies that were just starting off their DNI initiatives and now all of a sudden they can't go to campuses, they can't go to certain conferences that they used to tap into diverse talent for. So I would just, whoever wants to hop in, this will be open for everyone, is how can, how important is it now for companies to make sure that they're not going back to old practices that are actually um, creating barriers or bias in the hiring process? And how, um, how important is it to ask the questions to employers around company culture with diversity and inclusion? And um, how does this play into hiring just overall? Um, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. No, you go ahead and then I'll go. <laughs> okay, so Doug and Erica. Uh, so I'll go with the second part of your question first. And that is, um, if diversity is important to you, ask that question. Mm -hmm. If it's not, in, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's your job. You're going to spend eight to 10 hours a day in that job. And I understand some companies might be, uh, you know, uh, the, the grand apple in somebody's eye, but if that company is not diverse and diversity is important to you, you're going to be miserable at that company. So, and if you ask that question, whether diversity is important and it is important, then they're going to like that question. If it is not important, then they're not going to like that question. So being true to yourself and what you need and what you want, that's, that's a big deal. Now, as far as me and the way I'm recruiting, like diversity is very important to me personally. So I recruit in that way. I can't change the culture from the top because I'm not the top, you know, I'm, I'm not creating uh, the strategy. But me personally, I am making sure that diverse people are at least um, getting a chance with hiring managers. That's very important to me. And I try to have that permeate on my team. Like I'm very forthcoming about it. And, and in my own little way, that's how I try to um, kind of seek diversity through the company by osmosis. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then Erica? For sure. Um, to add to that, so going back to your question about how we're making sure that diversity is still at the forefront of what we do and that we're not going back to old practices. Um, at City, and I'm not trying to sell City, but they're awesome with this. And thankfully, I am managing that process as well because diversity is very important to me. We make sure that 30% of whoever comes in is an un a URM, we would consider them, which is an underrepresented minority. And I think the way that we might trend going forward would be um, to have virtual interviews. That way we can make sure that we are interviewing everyone and giving them a fair chance. Um, secondly, I think like um, Doug said, you know, making sure that you ask the questions about the company culture and how much they, they um, consider diversity to be a thing um, before joining. Um, and I think one very important thing is to make sure that everyone understands that diversity is not just one person's, you know, job it's everyone's job so making yeah. sure that you express how much um of importance diversity is to you because the company is looking for you and they're going to want to attract talent that you know wants to be there so if you express diversity um is a big thing that'll be a trend and then that company will obviously have to you know um make sure diversity is at the top of their mind there, you and, want to go next? Yeah, I would just say also uh, a good way for you to kind of test out as a potential candidate um, whether or not 
diversity is important to a company is also not just asking the recruiter about it <laughs> uh, because the yeah. recruiters are trained to talk about these things, right? Like it, it's just part of their job. Um, so if you get into any peer interviews or, you know, anything like that, those are, those people aren't trained to have those talking points. And so if it comes up positively in a conversation with somebody that's not a recruiter, that's an even better sign that, okay, maybe this is just embedded in the culture and it's not, um, just, you know, something that people are doing for show. Um, that's just a pro tip. <laughs> awesome. So uh, there was a question in the Q&A box that's on this topic. So we might as well start with that question is, well, how do companies define diversity? Uh, my personal strategy is to actually ask the company or look on their website because you know, some companies might um, consider one ethnic group part of the, un, you know, the URM, the underrepresented minorities. Some might not. Some might include women, LGBTQ, veterans, foster, etc., in their definition of underrepresented um, professionals. And so, if you are one um, background and culture, and you want to make sure that that identity is represented in making sure that the company is investing in increasing that number, you would want to ask very specific questions around the numbers of the population or the background or culture that you're ensuring being um, included. Um, so that's my strategy, but um, that's something that someone asked, well, how do I know what's considered diverse for the company? Hey, Aaron, uh, before we go to the next one, I just want to just remind folks, uh, I see we have one hand raised in the um, participants queue. If you want to talk, if you raise your hand, I'll turn your mic on and we can ask questions that way. Um, and I know we are out about 15 minutes till the end. So um, I would suggest maybe um, one question, one panelist answer uh, throughout. Can we do that? Yep, that sounds okay. like a good plan. Good deal. So with that, um, I'm going to turn Chris's mic on. Okay. And Chris, if uh, you unmute, you should be able to talk. Alrighty, Chris, you're up on the line. If you unmute yourself, you'll be able to ask your question to the panelists. And if technology is not working, what we're going to do is um, I'm going to have a question on in queue just as we go. Um, so there's been a lot of questions around how to prepare for interviews, um, how have interviews changed because of COVID-19. So if anyone wants to respond to that as we're figuring out Chris's um, technology issue. Yeah, I would say how to prepare for an interview. You know, one of the best ways to prepare for an interview is to practice, right? You know, the, the old way, go in front of a mirror, get dressed up, go in front of a mirror and practice, you know, questions and answers. And also during this time of COVID, you know, make sure that you, you know, invest in the technology um, to be able to interview well, you know, remotely. If you're scared about your, you know, Wi-Fi connection because you know you're going to have an upcoming, a very serious interview, maybe it's time to upgrade your Wi-Fi or you upgrade your computer or laptop so you have a working camera. 
And to add to that, I think it's very important to understand that it is a little bit weird to interview, um, video interview. I know we were planning to phase those out because some of that can be very intimidating when getting in front of a recruiter, um, having to, you know, see yourself talking to them and it can be a little weird. So as, um, you know, Matt said, continue to practice, but not only in front of a mirror, now practicing with a video camera and how to speak and how to look at the interviewer because, you can look down, you can look around, and then that can be, um, you know, a bit different. So practicing virtual interviewing and tips and tricks would be a pointer. Awesome. Let's let's try it again. Chris, are, are you available to unmute yourself during this time? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank God. Oh, Sorry, hey, I don't know what was going on, but Thank you so much. I just want to say thank you so much for all the panelists and for Aaron for hosting this. This was really insightful as a student. So thank you so much for taking your time out of the day. Uh, my question would be, given the situation with the whole pandemic, from a recruiter perspective, what would you like to hear from students? And answering this question, such as uh, how have you adapted to this pandemic that we're going into? Because we're, we're in a situation where we had to adapt. So what would you like to hear coming out of students uh, when they come and interview for you once they apply for your positions? Thank you. Great question, Christian. Thanks. I think Erica should, Erica should take this. Since you I, I mean, Erica, you're hiring. <laughs> so yeah, let's have you go first. Um, so how have I had to adapt? I'll answer that first. So it's so funny because I've had to do my entire onboarding process virtually, which is typically not the way you onboard, especially for um, being a senior recruiter, taking on a full class of recruitment for two businesses. Um, so I've had to relatively like adapt quickly. I've had to just be as you know, all of us have discussed resilient and adaptable and patient. I'm not getting my my remote access. Um, and needing to get things done that are time sensitive has really been um, quite stressful. But with everything going on, everyone understands that everything is delayed, as Doug said. Um, so just making sure that I am being optimistic, patient, and making sure that I'm not um, forgetting that there's a crisis going on, right? And I can do my best only. Um, secondly, what I'm looking for as far as hiring, we're figuring out ways to um, transition everything virtually right so it's a bit different for me i'm really interested to see how this works out because we've already done all of our campus hires for um up until 2021 so going to campus was usually the way that i would hire um so i haven't gotten there yet but i do anticipate that um if things go virtual it will be just more adapting to technology and being able to use it well and efficiently, um, as well as not being too hard on the candidates because I can understand that this is a quick transition and that um, probably given other normal circumstances, this wouldn't be the way that we would interview and understanding that from my perspective as well as the candidate's perspective. Awesome. Uh, Christian, I'm so happy, he's a previous student of mine at UCLA, uh, but uh, uh, as always, stay ready. So do projects, uh, put a club together, uh, write an article, develop a website, develop an app, like just be proactive so you can go to the recruiters and say, you know, I know that jobs are slowing down, there's freezes, you know, internships might not be happening or not happening at the same volume and capacity. Come ready with solutions, come ready to show that you are adaptable, you're creative and innovative. That's what's gonna make you stand out 
versus a student that's like, I'm graduating and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is usually the narrative that graduating seniors typically do is like, I'm finishing my finals and I'm looking for a job, right? Have a job. So, um, that's what I, I think is a good piece of advice is to use this time to work on something you can talk about with recruiters. And to add on right, to that. And that's question. how you, Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I just want to say really quickly to add on to that, um, yeah, staying ready and making sure that you have something to present will keep you at the top of the list because it differentiate, differentiates you from everyone else. So if you come to me saying like, hey, here's some projects I worked on during the pandemic, I'm definitely going to look at you and make sure once the freeze is stopped that I want to reach out to you and start scheduling you for um, interview rounds. Definitely. And that's kind of like circling back to, you know, what I mentioned before, echoing Aaron and Erica. That's how you prove it to the hiring manager of like why you should get the job or why they should at least you know set you up for an interview with a hiring manager you prove it to them and you show them why because i created these apps i created this website i took this class outside of my regular um you know college curriculum and I just want to, one short thing is also, once you do those things, then also this goes back to telling your story, right? So you do all of these things, but now you also have to be able to communicate it concisely and um, in a way that is engaging for, for anybody else who is hearing it. So definitely think about, you know, kind of like your elevator pitch of how would you talk about all these things that you've been doing for the past, you know, couple of months in a really interesting way, um, because that's what's going to get their attention at the end of the day. Awesome. So we have a couple more minutes. So there's two categories here. So I'm going to split it up. So I'm going to have two folks quickly talk about one question, two folks speak about the other question. Uh, so the two kind of last questions are around that recruiters hold different titles and there's people that have, you know, power dynamics and who do I talk to, right? Do I talk to talent acquisition, senior technical recruiter, diversity recruiter, you know, uh, community outreach recruiter. So who, who the heck do I talk to? Who should I be outreaching to? So that's question number one. So think about if you want to answer that. The second question is, you know, how flexible and open do I need to be during this time? Meaning, should I be open to different locations? Should I be open to a pay cut? Should I be open to a different title? Um, right during this time. Um, so those are the kind of two remaining questions around, should I be open to relocating? You know, what's that process like, et cetera. So let's start with the first question around the recruiter titles. What, what do these titles mean? Who should I be talking to, especially in the beginning phases of recruitment? Um, so who would like to tackle that question very quickly as we start to close out? <laughs> Okay, Erica, you can go first. Who else wants to back Erica? Erica you hold, okay, Erica and Doug, and then Matt and Sarah will take the other question. Okay, so I honestly would say at a time like this, um, I would do my relevant research and look for people at the, that specific company. But um, honestly, I would talk to everyone, but I would make sure that they know exactly, um, you know, what I'm interested in and what I've researched, right? So. Um, because you can't really know the different businesses or it may not show on LinkedIn. For me, I'm a campus recruiter for consumer and um, 
commercial banking, but my title is a senior recruiter, right? So anyone can reach out to me and I can send them to the appropriate business had they give me um, something that catches my eye, right? So it's like, hey, I'm looking for a tech position within an organization. While I don't, I may not handle tech, I do know business partners or my colleagues that will be happy to have someone or is looking for someone to join their business group and I can pass them along. So like um, Sarah said before, just having a great elevator pitch with the things that you're interested in doing and reaching out to everyone, you'll get a hit somehow. That's how I do it. Like when I want to connect with someone at City, I, I want a job at City, I'm reaching out to everyone and letting them know what I can do. Now, if I want a job at City doing something with an HR, I'm not going to reach out to investment banking you know, recruiters, but I'll reach out to people that may be around that, that probably can link me to their network. Yeah, I, I, I want to echo that. Um, reach out to who you can. What I think is the best thing that anybody can do is create a relationship. Um, because the better your relationship is with whoever you're speaking to, the better your odds are that you'll be able to get to where you want to be. Um, as far as titles go, if you find somebody who's a recruiter, then they are a recruiter. The question is what type of recruiter are they, right? I think generally diversity recruiters are kind of sourcers. Um, they're not always in contact with, uh, they're not always in contact with hiring managers, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of times, so uh, I was at JP Morgan prior, um, when the Events and Black Leaders team would talk to me, they would, uh, when they would talk to me, they would give me a list of candidates that they thought were great. My assumption is that those candidates had that prior relationship with that diversity recruiter. Then they were sent to me, who was, I was, I guess, an associate recruiter. Now I am a finance recruiter at PayPal. I'm, I'm a recruiter. I speak directly to hiring managers. And I also speak to other recruiters. I think this is what, what Eric was getting at. If I know somebody that is, that is not good for any of my jobs, but I see a dynamite resume, I think this person's good. Like they would bring value to PayPal. I will go and find the person that I need to find. I will go and ask you, hey, what rec did you apply for? Mm -hmm. They let me know that rec, and I will find the recruiter and ping them and say, yo, I need to speak to you for a second. I know John. John's amazing. You should look at his resume. Here's his resume. Boom, I've done my job, and, and it's done for me. And just to add to that, more than often, I'm getting candidates that, that applied to you know, investment banking, and while they didn't interview well for that particular role in investment banking, they, some of my colleagues ping, like refer them over to me saying like they're great for city they have the culture that city needs and the, the, probably you would be interested in them in consumer banking so i say that for everything like your network and your relationship as doug mentioned is super important if you have a dynamite resume or your message is very compelling people will be willing to refer you to the right path definitely all right, handing it over to team two. Matt or Sarah want to go first? Can you repeat the question briefly again? <laughs> I was trying to remember what it was. Y'all got to help me. <laughs> I think it was, okay, it was, the, um, what are the different tech? Oh, oh. Pay cuts. Yeah, if you're flexible, should I be in this process? Should I be open for a pay cut? Should I be open for different, um, you know, titles, relocating? On that, I'm going to squeeze in another question. When should uh, applicants be ready to talk about salary too in the recruitment process? So yeah, how flexible, when should I talk about salary? 
Um, I'll speak to some of it, and I think Matt, you'll probably be able to speak to the other parts in terms of salary and things, but just in terms of flexibility, I would say you need to be flexible, right? We're not in a position right now where if it's feasible for you and you can, you know, move locations, like that is a huge, you open up so many more opportunities for yourself by being flexible, um, particularly because there's a lot of companies that do offer relocation benefits. So it may not even be, you know, um, a significant inconvenience. So I would say that. I would also say definitely make sure that you're not just looking at specific job titles um, because like we talked about, every company might potentially call the essence of the same job a hundred different things. So really key in on the job descriptions and don't focus so much on the job titles um, because even if there's a misalignment, say in your resume and you know you go from something that seems irrelevant, you can always explain that as part of your story. And as long as you can make sure that you can prove that the job that you were doing is relevant, I think that at the end of the day, what your company called you um, isn't going to be a make or break. Now, when to discuss salary and Pay cuts, I'm going to throw that over to Matt because it's, from, it's not my area of expertise. <laughs> I'll just say this, you know, adding to, adding to you know, what, what you're talking about, Sarah. We are really living in a very historic time. It's really this is a major crisis we're living through. You know, two months ago, if someone told me that I would be wearing a mask to leave my house, I wouldn't believe them, you know. Um, you know, if you're a junior level person in your career, you are kind of getting pushed into taking chances. You know, if you're a junior level person in your career, a couple of years out of college or getting right out of college, now's the time to take a risk. You know, if you're, if you live in New York and you have a job offer in LA or a job offer in New Orleans or something like that, take a risk, you know, now's the time to do it because most likely you know, for many people, you don't have a lot of other responsibilities outside or, you know, to other folks. Really like just to yourself. The time, definitely take a risk. Think about, don't, don't necessarily let the a job title phase you so much if you're a junior person in your career. Try something new because, you know, I'll say like this, like, you know, when I got out of college, I was gonna, I was, you know, I, I had a whole career plan for myself in, in fundraising and nonprofit development. And I worked for a few years in fundraising and nonprofit development in upstate New York. And then, you know, I, I fell in love with a girl and, and followed, followed her down to New York City and had a, took a chance, took a risk and, and changed my career, you know. Um, and it's been great and it's a blessing. So now is the time to take risks, um, especially, you know, if you're a junior in your career. If you're not so junior in your career, you really have to ask yourself, you know, can I afford it? Do I have a family I have to support? You know, or do I have parents that I have to help? You know, you really have to think about that. What can you really afford? Um, for a lot of people right now, like they have, you know, we're fighting to survive every single day. So if you can keep your job, but take a little bit of a pay cut, this is a unprecedented time in history. You might have to strongly consider that. Now, in terms of salary, I'm the type of recruiter, I like to get after it right up front. Um, it's not gonna be my first question, obviously, but I like to have it in, you know, in my, probably in my first discussion uh, with, a, with a candidate because 
I don't want any surprises down the line. You know, I don't want to waste the candidate's time having them come in for an on-site interview two rounds or even if we're on the same page in terms of salary, right? We got to be aligned um, from the beginning. If, can I can I mention one thing? Um, just thirty seconds, Doug. Thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. Here you go. Be very particular about what you want, and be upfront, and do not be shy. Otherwise, you won't get what you want, or you'll cause problems later down the line. Like, especially, especially, especially for Black people. Let the recruiter know what you want and do not undervalue yourself. And even if you overvalue yourself for that company a little bit, they will still go through with recruiting you if you are close to the range. So do not undervalue yourself. You will cost yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars 10 years down the line. Yes. I, I, yeah, definitely. But I would say this. I would just add one thing to that, Doug. You know, one thing that you don't want to do is – is uh, try to, I mean, you're always going to, you got to negotiate at the end, right? When you get that offer, you got to negotiate, but you can't, you can't go too high. You know, you don't want to leave a, a, a bad taste in, in the hiring manager's mouth or a recruiter's mouth either. So that's why from the beginning, you want to really let the recruiter know what you're, what you need, how much you need. So what, what I'm thinking no, but everybody is that has their own we're, we're going to have different opinions on this, <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I will leave us with, because I know it's 736 and we're over, is when it comes to salary, uh, ask recruiters who are willing to give you ranges. That's how I was able to negotiate salary for this job out in New York. I had a recruiter friend with a job that I wasn't hiring with, and she put me on game around these salary bands, right? So... For this type of role, this is what the minimum and what typically the cap is. But then also a lot of times in salary, we only think about the annual salary. You don't think about the perks and benefits that go into a package. Um, but um, I think we do have to have an honest conversation around uh, wage gaps based on gender and ethnicity and how a lot of times we don't negotiate or we undersell ourselves a lot of times. So a lot of information that we can continue to discuss, but um, I know that we are out of time. So what I'm gonna encourage for our recruiters to do is to put your contact information, the ones that you're okay with reaching out to you um, by in the chat box. Um, as well, I put in a type form and Dennis will be sending it out via email to all the attendees. This is a chance for you to share what you liked about the webinar, what you're hoping to, that you wish that we covered. Um, and then also, if you want to upload your resume and send it to any of these amazing recruiters or company representatives, we will make sure that that resume gets to them. Um, and we will have more um, upcoming events. I'll hand it over to Dennis because we are going to do another recruiter panel. Yes, thanks, Aaron. So um, because this one was basically oversold, we maxed out um, my uh, webinar number, uh, which is great, but uh, bad for the folks who couldn't attend. So the next one is going to be on the 21st of May. Uh, we'll be sending out information uh, both in the Blackson Technology NYC meetup group and also on bitnyc.org. 
you can get information there as well. Uh, definitely check back. We'll be providing additional information and the survey, the feedback survey will also be in the, um, on the website as well. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. My contact information is on the website. Um, I'll respond to every request. And if there's anything um, that we need to get to the panelists, uh, anybody has um, a resume that's appropriate right now, uh, I'll handhold it to whomever you want me to take it to. That's all I can do. I can't promise anything else, but I'll get it to the folks who, who can actually make a decision. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you to Matt, to Erica, for Dennis. Um, we hope that this brought value and answered some of your questions. Uh, if there's something specifically that one of the recruiters said on the line, please make sure to outreach to them. That could be a great opening dialogue with them to talk about what you learned from today. Um, and if you have any questions around future content, uh, please outreach to Dennis uh, for Blacks in Technology. And then, you know, for me as a career coach, please outreach to me uh, around how I can continue to support your development as, as well. So thank you for attending and uh, we're going to close out the webinar. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Bye guys. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.